Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome. And thank you for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. My name is Zach, I'm here with Laura. And we're here today with Stan Tatkin. Stan is one of the giants in the couples therapy world. And uh, Laura and I got to spend some time just asking him questions, picking his brain a little bit. He has a brand new book that's called In Each Other's Care, which is a great guide to the most common relationship conflicts and how to work through them. His better known book though is a book called Wired for Love. If you haven't picked them up uh, or seen them, I would I cannot recommend them enough. Stan's brain is fascinating. He really thinks deeply about um, not just couples relationships, but how they fit into the larger scope of what it means to be a human in, on the planet. I was fascinated by talking with him. I think you will be too. This is a very cool conversation. Stick around. I really want to know what interests you, what lights you up, other than a book that you probably published or started writing years ago. And now we're talking about it, but I'm wondering... What lights you up now? What has hold of you? Yeah. What do you do for fun? Yeah. Oh, okay. Two, like, so, two, so two different yeah. questions. Um, what lights me up? Um, l- literally right now, I'm, I'm on a binge watch of The Great. Okay. Which is uh, a Hulu um, comedy uh, about Catherine the Great. And what I love about it is the relationship. So anybody has seen The Great, you'll probably know what okay. I mean. Uh, uh, the relationship between Catherine the Great and uh, and her husband. Okay, so right we have to ask this. We're all therapists, right, in the room. Um, and I told Zach, actually, that I really enjoy watching trashy reality television because it's dramatic mm-hmm. and I don't have to do anything about it. And it's almost so dramatic. Like the reality TV is so far from reality. And then I start watching other dramas where the reality is so much closer to what we're seeing in our office that my brain can't shut down. So I'm wondering, like, do you compartmentalize where you're like, okay, my therapy brain's over here. I'm going to watch this for enjoyment. I'm just wondering what is watching TV and relationships do for you? I don't like watching, you know, therapy shows, reality therapy shows, even though uh, there's one or two I hear are really good. I am a romantic. And the reason I like this show is because it is goofy and uh, body, uh, even raunchy, but it's extremely romantic. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I uh, my work is not uh, romantic, but I am that. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, I probably wouldn't love uh, working with couples. Mm-hmm. So. What do you mean your work isn't romantic? Well, how do you differentiate? 
I, I see my work as much more disciplined and much more about purpose, uh, purpose-centered relationships, not relationships based on love or romance or emotion or feeling. I am very big on that, but I don't believe that can actually happen in the long run unless there is structure, organization, and a sense of shared purpose and mm. meaning for the couple beyond emotion and feeling. So in that sense, uh, you know, I am, uh, I am not a romantic. Wow. Right on. Wow. But, but when I do see it work, I'm, I'm very excited. So do you it. have a practice yeah. where you see couples? You do. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, I mean, uh, that's part of the problem is I'm working seven days a week these days and I'm in the chair like the two of you, I'm sure, uh, you know, all the time. Uh, and I would love to cut back on my practice. I just have a hard time mm -hmm. saying yeah. no. Yeah. I do yeah. find that it's... So, go ahead, Zach. Well, let's just talk about your practice for a second, because mm -hmm. you founded, created this thing called PACT, which I would love to hear yeah. you describe, particularly um, most of the people who listen to us, we're both certified Gottman therapists. So you probably have a juxtaposition that you understand in kind of the sort of the popular modalities. But I'd love to hear you talk about PACT, particularly as it as it juxtaposes to other styles that are maybe out there. Well, by the way, John was an early mentor. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, I took his training long yeah. ago and, uh, and then he became uh, a wonderful colleague yeah. as yeah. well. And so He's I, love a good dude. I love his work. Yeah. It's great. Dude. <laughs> yes. So what was the question again? Well, how did I, tell me about PACT, mm -hmm. particularly relative to like, I mean, how do you, how do you describe it to people at, as in terms of how you would differentiate it perhaps from other modalities that are out on the, in, in the marketplace or in the world? Yeah. Well, under the, under the hood between us chickens, uh, this is a, uh, a psychobiological approach, meaning that we study infant brain development and brain development throughout the lifespan. So this is a developmental model based on infant attachment studies, adult attachment studies, but also the development of the autonomic nervous system from uh, prenatal through 18 months critical period and uh, developmental neuroscience, in particular social emotional networks that determine what people can and cannot do. So this originally was looked at uh, as a science-based, research-based approach, uh, 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 looking at, uh, I, originally it was a deficit model, mm -hmm. uh, but because that doesn't sound <laughs> very good in, in, in mm -hmm. the general population, we changed it to a capacity model. Um, but a neuroscience deficit isn't used as a pejorative. It's used in terms of what the brain can and cannot mm. do, especially in the social emotional area. And so that's still part of what PACT is, uh, part of what we look at. The approach, however, is polytheoretical. So we draw from uh, um, uh, social justice theory, trance, uh, light trance, uh, a la Ericksonian, on mm. uh, uh, family systems. It's very structural mm. and very strategic. Mm. Uh, uh, psychodrama, we do a lot of uh, psychodramatic work. Uh, and as I said, attachment, arousal regulation strategies, and uh, neuroscience. So we draw from a lot. It's a complicated, um, a lot of moving parts um, approach, which takes some time yeah. to really integrate um, but then it's fun. 
And we have one goal and one goal only, and that is to corral, seduce, uh, uh, push uh, the couple uh, towards secure functioning in this lifetime or the next. Mm. Okay. And secure functioning, I can tell you about. I would love. Well, I'd love to hear about secure functioning, but uh, let me ask maybe a more practical question, which is who, who is the ideal couple or client for like this approach Mm. that as far as you know, is it, is it anyone or is it a specific, like we're struggling with X and so PACT is the direction for us. Mm. Well, originally because of my background uh, in personality disorders and object relations, uh, uh, you know, psychoanalytic work, uh, this was built from the ground up to deal with the most difficult Mm. uh, couples. So, uh, here we're talking about people who are neurodiverse, uh, people with trauma, people who have unresolved trauma, and we would might think of them as disorganized, mm-hmm. disoriented folk, uh, and people with disorders of the self. Uh, but uh, we especially enjoy people that are uh, that are psychoneurotic okay. uh, and that, that that don't have uh, these uh, you know these uh, challenges, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but that's what it was built for. Uh, it's built for the most challenging. Couple. Wow. I, I've always really appreciated when I hear an elevator pitch from another therapist of what is your ideal client? And they say, I want the most challenging couples you can send to me. And I just really respect that. I typically don't work with the most challenging couples. So that would be, it's nice to have another Another avenue. I I will say personally, as I get Mm -hmm. older, as I've done this for a long time and post COVID, Mm because COVID changed Mm -hmm. me and probably Mm -hmm. you too, uh, is that I I no longer want to work with people who don't want to be there. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, I I, I don't have the patience any longer for people who aren't interested um, and don't want to collaborate. So I would say that's not the ideal Mm -hmm couple for me or partners for me. Uh, in, in the old days, uh, uh, I would teach my students, you know, in PACT, we don't fire couples. We uh, do our job and allow ourselves to be fired. Uh, and we're always their couple therapist until they say, no, mm. we're not. Uh, and, uh, but I've, I've changed over the wow. years. And uh, I think, again, COVID uh, did a lot uh, for me, also getting older. Mm. That uh, that if people aren't really wanting, they're, if they're not in enough pain, because pain is the great um, uh, change mm-hmm. agent, if they're not in any pain, they're not going to uh, be collaborative or cooperative. And getting a therapeutic alliance, as you know, is essential for success. And so, uh, so I like to weed those people. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Uh, So you alluded a little bit to secure functioning. That's the goal is to get couples to that space. Can you describe uh, what that is, where that comes from, where that language comes from? Just so I, and this, by the way, is not the first time our audience will be hearing this because we did a whole deep dive into another book that you wrote. But for those who haven't heard about secure functioning. Well, firstly, thank you for doing another deep dive into another book. Thank you. Um, Secure functioning uh, is not the same as secure attachment. Mm. A secure attachment is uh, is uh, based on a research model. Uh, is ba- is is a subjective and can be objectively determined um, state 
uh, a consistent state of security or insecurity in one's primary attachment relationships. Mm. So that is uh, that is different. That's a state, right? Um, whereas secure functioning is a set of social contracts. It, these are agreements. This is sets the stage for secure attachment to happen, mm. to, for development to move forward by lowering interpersonal stress, which is not only a killer, but is the single most uh, reason why development stalls. Mm. So, uh, so it's organized around the idea that in a fair and free union um, among adults, uh, where it's a symmetrical relationship, uh, the relationship, if it's to be long-lasting and happy, it has to be based on principles of fairness, justice, and mutual sensitivity on an ongoing basis, um, fully collaborative, fully cooperative, even under stress. And that's where it's difficult mm. to do. Uh, under stress, we revert to a one-person psychological system of I, me, mine, and you, 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 mm. whereas secure functioning is a two-person uh, uh, psychological system, much like a potato sack race. Mm. Okay. Uh, if you were in a potato sack race, you have to work together mm. or you don't win. So you're saying secure functioning, even when under stress, you can be especially, especially under stress. Okay. Yes. You mentioned these agreements. Um, I think it was agreements that you said. And my brain immediately went to, what are the agreements? Tell them to me. I want to make sure that I am fully aware of them. Is it a list of agreements or conversations that you have with your partner ahead of time? Think of it this way. Um, the two of you, I know you're not um, partners. You are partners, yeah. but you're not romantic right. partners. Right. But if you, if you were, um, you would probably make up the only kind of unit that does not organize around a shared purpose or a shared vision. It would be around emotion, love. It would be, oh, um, we're hot for each other. Mm -hmm. um, we seem perfect. Uh, we want uh, vaguely the same things. But we, we don't come to the table as, uh, as visionaries, as co-architects of what this thing called a relationship yeah. is. We forget that relationship is an abstraction. Mm -hmm. It's something we make up in our heads. And if you and I or the two of you don't have the same idea in mind, you will fight mm. uh, and, or worse. Uh, if you don't shape this thing called your relationship like you would a block of clay and shape it to your desires today, not when you were children, not your family of origin, but your, your culture that you're co-creating. Mm -hmm. If you don't do that, in any world involving human primates, that's uh, that's uh, trouble, mm -hmm. right? Where we're operating uh, something that's only half built, and uh, uh, and because we're human beings under stress, especially, we tend to do what we want when we want to. Mm -hmm. and we're not guided by principles. Another way of saying that is it that people who end up in romantic relationships they do it sort of unlike any other relationship that they choose. They just sort of unlike do it on instinct other. or gut or, you know, hormonal attraction. And until they organize around something that looks like intention and purpose, yes. then they're going to yes. be in, they're going to be in tension. Like any civilization uh, that involved different people, the only way to get people on board and to behave in a, in a manner that is civilized, that won't hurt each other 
is to have shared a shared sense of why we are doing mm -hmm. this, where we are going, not just in the big picture, but in all the little small pictures as well. Mm -hmm. uh, otherwise, our differences become highlighted and we start to over-focus on how we're different and how we disagree mm -hmm. rather than where we are the same and how we, uh, uh, how we do agree, which has been done since the beginning. Yeah of uh, of uh, our species yeah I, grouping together I've heard, i have yeah. a friend who likes to argue that agreement is the most powerful force on earth like we we yeah. agree that bell bottoms are cool so they're cool and you know we agree that relationships work in x kind of way so they work in x kind of way but absent agreement that's where all of this sort of tension and an argument comes from right we're animals and uh, I think by now, if we've studied, uh, you know, our human history and looked around and see how we behave today, it doesn't matter where, where we are in the world, human beings are uh, wonderful, but we can be very selfish and self-centered and impulsive mm. and fickle and moody mm. and opportunistic mm. and xenophobic. We otherize. And unless we work together uh, in a manner that is focused and mutual, good for me and good for you, we'll start to accrue threat memory, mm. a biology, a memory that, uh, that begins to grow exponentially if it's not repaired quickly. Mm. Mm. So this is where we get into the psychobiology part. Mm -hmm. uh, the manner in which you and I interact when one or both of us is under stress is likely to be unfriendly. Yeah. Sure. yeah, it's yeah. definitely unfriendly. I was just telling Zach about a very unfriendly moment when I was under stress with my husband. But I said, I'm proud of myself because I repaired quickly and it only took me 30 minutes to calm down. Yay for me. My wife and I have uh, an agreement. We can go to bed angry mm -hmm. together, but we have to at least touch toes. Aww. And uh, you'd, be, you'd be surprised how hard that can be sometimes to do, but mm -hmm. uh, it always works. Oh. And uh, it's, it serves uh, actually an important existential threat because when, we, when our primary attachment relationships are in disrepair, when there's a breach of any kind, there's mm -hmm. a part of us that actually frets over whether the relationship will exist. And that causes a tremendous wear and tear on the brain and the body. Wow. Just, uh, yeah. And so it's in our best interest. I can say, you know, I hate you. But we're okay. Mm -hmm. That last part, we're okay, is the minimal but necessary part mm -hmm. uh, that allows us to uh, be resourced again. Yeah. Do you remember um, wow. transactional tr transactional analysis? Oh, yeah. 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 I'm okay. You're okay. Was the whole piece of that puzzle? So yeah. Eric Byrne, you're mm -hmm. you're aiming at. I'm okay. You're okay. Yeah. Well, we're okay. Um, uh, and and. So if we were to take a look at, at secure functioning and boil it down to a formula, uh, the formula would be, I have to consider you at the same time I'm considering myself. I have to think of your fears and, and concerns and interests at the same time I'm thinking of mine, or you will start to protect your interests. Mm -hmm. In other words, if I only talk about in a manner that suggests I only care about my fears, my concerns, my interests, whether I'm right. It forces you, compels you to do the same. And this is part of the human condition. It's part of what gets us into wars and lawsuits and people breaking up and families, mm. uh, you know, uh, cutting off. Uh, is this, uh, this tendency uh, for us to pick up threat and react to it very, very quickly 
uh, in a way that looks threatening to the other person. And so this has been my research. This We studied this by watching uh, hundreds and hundreds of hours of video of couples in uh, digital video, watching uh, uh, you know, by frame analysis, faces, changes in the face, um, in blood flow, in movement, muscle tension, vocal control, all of this. Uh, and it's quite astounding uh, what we are doing all the time without knowing it. Mm. Uh, because real time is actually too fast. Mm-hmm. It's too fast for, for uh, the areas okay. of, uh, of our brain that are, uh, that are criti- thinking critically. We're mostly using um, lightning fast recognition patterns, mm. pattern recognition uh, as we move through our day automatically. Mm-hmm. And so that part of the brain shoots first and asks questions later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what do you, like, how do you, what do you, how does it, what does it look like actual for couples in the room? Like given that it's lightning fast and you're trying to yeah. collect data or whatever, like what do you offer or how do you direct traffic right there in the room that, that they can take home and work with? Like, I guess I'm asking for the practical piece of the theory at this point. Yeah. So, uh, because, uh, <clears throat> Because we're wired as human primates to be to interactively regulate our autonomic nervous systems by being at relatively close distance. It has to do with our visual system in our eyes. Mm. Um, so we have to be face to face and eye to eye in order to co-regulate properly. That's also with exciting uh, uh, experiences, sympathetic exciting experiences and parasympathetic low mm-hmm. experiences of pleasure or pain. So our couples are mostly turned towards each other in dealing with each other. Uh, the therapist often will create a container, basically a task that is center stage that is actually happening. So you and, and Laura are arguing, let's say, about uh, bedtime for the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I may ask, do you have a policy for this or uh, is this anything goes? Uh, no, we don't have a policy. And I might say, okay, I'm going to give you 10 minutes. Uh, I'd like you to come up with a policy for now that works for the two of you. So you only have 10 minutes or less. I want to see how you can work as a team and collaborate and come up with the best possible solution for now that you're both happy with. And uh, and that's how we begin to work uh, in these small containers toward uh, moving them, educating them toward secure functioning, working together as a team a union as allies. Uh, and this everyone can do. Mm-hmm. Most everybody can do. But as you can imagine, uh, people are going to run into a lot of resistance and a lot of uh, issues around justice, around memory, around uh, their ideas about how relationships should work. Uh, and so it's a bit by bit reorienting uh, towards that idea of a potato sack race. Mm. Or if I were in some you know, universe allowed to bind the two of your legs together, the inner legs, mm-hmm. for a month, uh, you would get the idea of what this culture of interdependence is. Mm-hmm. You'd have to work together mm. or you wouldn't work. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so now I'm interested in all of the resistances that come up, and uh, and I'm sort of framing this in the the theory that I'm grounded in. I understand, which is where I'm. Zach, you tell me if you're here too. The idea of dreams within conflict um, when it comes to Gottman method. The idea of I'm holding on. You mentioned right, like to this dream so tightly, and I'm unwilling for you because I'm afraid to be hurt. I'm afraid of the pain, and I can't give in to you and give you your wants and your needs because I'm too concerned about my own wants and needs. So that's where I'm thinking, okay, here we are. We're trying to solve a problem, come up with an agreement, and we're we're trying, we're butting heads in some of these areas, experiencing resistance. What do you do then when the couple is start unable to, uh, I guess, securely function one with one another? Well, they are able to, Mm -hmm. but there are things in the way and, uh, it could, it could be again, uh, a built up threat memory Mm -hmm. that keeps on giving, which Mm -hmm. makes everything more difficult because now, now I remember what you have done uh, and how I've been hurt. You probably repeated it a lot. So there's lots of inflammation and that's getting in the way too, because Mm -hmm. I think, well, I don't trust you anymore and you don't trust me anymore because of what I've done to protect myself. Mm. So we have to understand that, that uh, whenever I protect myself, I don't know what my face is doing. I don't know what my voice is doing, my gestures. I don't know my word choice, uh, the effect it's having on you, probably because I'm not even looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is, uh, again, the human condition. Welcome to being human. Mm-hmm. This is everybody. Uh, and yet we assume that a union that is creating things, children, um, uh, a, a home, right? Uh, whatever, you know, we do together, we're creating things and we're supposed to be executives, generals. Mm. Um, we're supposed to be good problem solvers. You and I can't problem solve if we focus on each other as the problem. Mm. We don't, right? So first is reorienting people, work the problem, mm-hmm. not each other, because mm-hmm. that's war. Okay. That's war. So it's in people's best interest uh, because they want relief. They also sometimes want their justice, Mm -hmm. but they want relief and they do want to stick together. That's the beauty of the attachment biology. Mm -hmm. It's the I can't quit you biology Mm -hmm. that we misinterpret as love, but it isn't. It's an existential matter. Mm -hmm. But that's fine. We'll use that. And uh, people don't want to quit each other. And so I think the pain that they're going through and everybody wants out of pain, having a, a direction and a way to get out of pain that actually is good for both of them definitely eventually wills out uh, wins Mm. Uh, but it is uh it is a challenge for the therapist to to set these uh, containers up Mm -hmm. to explain why this is happening and why they're in such pain most of the time it's self-harming so if I do something to you, if I win at your cost, I will pay for it in a two-person psychological system. Mm-hmm. If I'm in a one-person system, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's self-harming for me not to care because I'm going to care very soon because paybacks are hell. Mm-hmm. Right? There's nothing I can do. Think of the potato sack race. There's nothing I can do that affects you that won't affect me in return. Right. Mm. Therefore, it's dumb. Uh, you know, it's dumb 
Right. It's dumb to, to think uh, win-lose. It has to be win-win or we won't last. Right. We could last, but we'll probably want to keep our eyes open at night. Mm. Um, so this is, this has been around since the beginning of, 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 uh, you know, civilization. Mm. How do people of different stripes, uh, how do they get along? Well, first, uh, religion, uh, God will smite you. Mm. Uh, you know, thou shalt not kill. Uh, thou shalt not do all these things. That was a way of controlling society because people were doing all these terrible things. Sure. Mm. It's a common Same purpose, laws. common so, meaning. Yes, right. right? Yeah. So we need, we need structure. We yeah. need limits. You and I need limits so we don't harm each other, even by accident, which is going to happen. Yeah. So this idea of we're, we're in it to win it, that it's you and I against the world, that we uh, are the most important people in the world because everybody else depends on us being okay. Um, so organizationally, we put our relationship at the top mm. of the list. We come first before anything and everyone else. That doesn't mean our kids get locked in a garage. <laughs> it means that everyone depends on you and I being good. Right. That we're resourced and we're okay. Otherwise, everything else and everyone else suffers. Mm. So again, this is a very uh, practical way of thinking. From a packed approach, we know this is difficult. Mm. And we know we're going to run across things that people may have a hard time doing for various reasons, sometimes developmental delays. We know this. Yeah. If we don't have the expectation of what will work, they won't do it. So we have to hold to this idea as the only system that can last a long time, last forever, and, uh, and be happy as well. Nothing else can work because it ends up being too unfair and too unjust and too insensitive too much of the time. Hey gang, I'm back from another trip. Uh, this time I went to Asia, it was amazing. I was in Seoul, Korea, which is massive and fun and exciting. I can't wait to tell you all about it on a future episode, but I will tell you that upon returning home, I had the exact same experience, which was I could not wait to get back in my bed again. And it's because of my cozy earth sheets. These sheets are fascinating. I don't know how they do it. When you're hot, they cool you down. When you're cold, they warm you up. They're temperature regulating. I, I'm, I, I'm not kidding you, I love these sheets. You know who else loves these sheets is Oprah. Cozy Earth was featured on Oprah's favorite things. And another thing that's really exciting about my new sheets is that I got more of them for Father's Day. I do hope that you'll check them out. Cozy Earth also has loungewear, which offers optimal comfort while maintaining a flattering, elegant fit. All the products at Cozy Earth are made from responsibly sourced viscose from bamboo, and they come with a 10-year warranty. Cozy Earth offers premium bath products also made from viscose from bamboo, and they offer a plush collection as well as their new waffle collection. So I don't know, maybe you have a cool gift giving opportunity coming up, maybe uh, your own anniversary or a birthday. Maybe your kid just graduated from high school and needs some nice sheets to go to college with. Cozy Earth has provided an exclusive offer for our listeners today, 35% off site-wise when you use the code MTR. So if you're in need of new sheets or loungewear, or you need bath products, swing by CozyEarth.com, use the code MTR, you'll get 35% off and I promise you won't be disappointed. Let's get back to our show. So I have, I have two questions. One is yeah. one of uh, maybe practical, but the other is more existential. But I think I've heard you say a couple of times, like people can do this. Yeah. Like this is a thing that they can do. They Maybe they just forget or they have too much resistance. Or they, and so part of what PACT is designed to do is help them go, hey, you you know how to do this already. We're just going to remind you and point you in the right directions. But now this is the existential question. 
what is love? Like, what does love have to do with all of it? I mean, if we're sort of going, Hey, love is actually not the organizing system. Like, but what, where does it fit for you? I mean, you clearly love your wife and you guys are, I adore my wife and I'm in love with my wife, but, but this has been earned. Okay. Um, I believe in earned love, earned respect, earned value, earned appreciation, gratitude. Uh, Most people uh, in love, first of all, nature doesn't care about relationship. We do. Nature cares about continuation of the species. So in the beginning, love is whatever we're prepared to think of, but it definitely is, uh, you know, let's let's do something to continue the species, right? Mm -hmm. That's the nature part of it. Interesting. Attachment, like I said, gets confused with love because it involves feelings of love, warmth, cared for, safety, security, all of that's attached to feelings of love. Mm-hmm. But the at, at the bottom of it, the attachment biology has nothing to do with love. It's, it has to do with the primitive survival, uh, going back to if mommy dies, I die. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is extremely primitive. And so, uh, so it is existential. It's not love. Earned love is what we do, not what we say, not how we feel. You and I decide to, what's the best thing we could do in this or that instance? So say we both. We vetted it. We've talked about it like legislators. What's the best thing we could do? Even though it could be, probably will be the hardest thing to do. That's where we're talking here. Mm. Uh, If we leave it up to our nature... Um, We will sometimes do good things. And if we don't feel like doing good things, we're angry. If I don't like you, bets off. Mm. So we need something greater than ourselves to aspire to uh, principles that we co-create, that we want, and and we agree. That's the cooperation part. We're going to follow through when reminded. Because our lives depend on sticking to the principles we set. Because we know the damage we can actually do if we allow our feelings to guide us. Yeah. That's a fact. It makes me wonder how much these principles need to be reevaluated in a lifetime. I think we had Zach. Constantly. We had a gentleman on. Oh, gosh, I'm going to forget his name. But I think he said that we were on a three year cycle. Do you remember that, Zach? Um, the gentleman from L.A., the producer that we were oh, talking yeah. to? Yeah, Roger Nygaard. Yeah. Yes. Was it a three-year cycle that he, he said, was talking he, about? Basically, that, that romantic relationships are designed to last about three years. And this came from a documentary that he was putting together. But four. four. Okay. You four. say four? Yeah. What is that? The, 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 the cultural and biological anthropologists, this is what the, the, the conventional wisdom in, in the wild Remember, in the wild and, and, you know, a long, long time ago, we didn't live very long anyway. Mm-hmm. But, um, but we would pair bond four years, which theoretically is a, a long enough to provide shelter and safety for an infant, a mm-hmm. child. And then we either die or we uh, move on. Uh, again, nature, mixing up the gene pool is part of our nature as well. Not just monogamy. Mm. Yeah, uh, monogamy is more of a social contra- construct mm-hmm. than it is a biology for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's in the wild. Uh, um, but uh, the four years is, is set there uh, uh, because of some calculus <clears throat> that suggests that that was the average. Yeah. That people would stick together, mm-hmm. stick together without going off into other groups. 
Yeah. Uh, and you see this in other areas of the mammalian world as well. Mm-hmm. Right? Just a constant uh, conversation, reset, discussion of what are the agreements, what's working for us. And we talk about, like you had mentioned, my agreement with the way that I, who I work with as a client changed after COVID. That was a shift in who yes. you were as a human yeah. being and therefore a new agreement or a new decision need to be, needed to be made um, yes. in what you're willing to work with. Okay. I'm getting this. Yeah. I yeah. I, I want to be respectful of your vacation time with your lover. I also really want to tell our listeners about your book. And I want to understand how you, because this book is written in a, in a unique way from yes. other books that you've written. Can you describe sort of like, what was your thought process when it came to why you wanted to put this into text format and put it in the hands of couples? What is it going to do for couples? How are they going to move through it? What are they going to learn from reading this book? Well, this one actually didn't take very long to write. It was actually, it was fun. Uh, you know, it sounds uh, like different, uh, you know, d- let's divide it up into common complaints that I see in my clinic. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and apply, uh, to the two things that I have been obsessed with in the past, uh, few years because uh, PACT has constantly been one obsession after another <laughs> as I over-focus I on it. things and develop them and then I go on to something else. Yeah. Um, the, and the two obsessions, which the book is really about, is there are two things that are going to crash and burn any union in a free society. One is a lack of shared mission, shared mm-hmm. purpose, mm-hmm. shared uh, values, and shared vision. Where mm-hmm. are we going and why? That's just true of all, all human uh, 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 groupings, right? Yeah. As soon as we lack a vision, shared vision, we start infighting. As soon as we don't have a shared purpose, people leave or they do bad things. Mm. So, uh, so this is just the way of the world and the human world. The second greatest, uh, and they're on par with each other, is the manner in which we will interact when one or both of us is under stress. Mm-hmm. And this has to do with our biology and our neurobiology. It's not you. It's not me. It's not bad. It's not good. It's not a pathology. It's, that's the human condition. Right. Yeah. It is the, it is the features and bugs of our brain that actually cause us to make incredible errors in communication, memory, and perception, uh, leading us to think that we're right all the time mm. and we're not mm-hmm. hardly ever, hardly ever right. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's a um, myth. Uh, <laughs> it's a myth. It's a myth. Yes, by, by our own brain. And so, uh, so it's really a repetition of these two important ideas. Uh, you're, you've not created policies. You're not uh, creating any legislation that would create a, uh, a co-constructed culture of what we're going to do and what we're never going to do. Mm-hmm. So say us both. Mm-hmm. We're in charge. Yeah. We're in charge. And that has to be fresh and, con- and constant, that right. we constantly look ahead, uh, predict, plan, and prepare for what could go wrong, mm. which is something we don't do as well, but we can do it. Mm-hmm. And then also workshopping, learning how to, uh, how to maintain safety and security at all times by working in a manner that is good for me and good for you mm-hmm. at all times. Mm-hmm. Very hard to do, but that is what... You know, if it's not, if Mm. it's easy, it's probably not worth much. Yeah. Um, But that's what's worth it. That's what leads to character. That's what leads to feeling good about oneself. I did the right thing, even though it was the hardest thing to do. Mm. Uh, And that's what we're uh, posing is that we use the mind we've been given 
to create something bigger than ourselves that we adhere to. I'm not obeying you. I'm obeying the principles that we both drank the Kool-Aid on and agreed to <laughs> because we believe that's the best life. Yeah. Is it fair to say that with the second principle of being able to create safety when the stress is going to encounter, because we are, we, yeah. we're going to uh, encounter it, is it fair to say that it would be helpful for folks to, if they haven't read Wired for Love, to read Wired for Love? Yeah. I, it it feels, yeah, it feels like that would be a really good deep dive in, in how to create safety is to read that book. <laughs> Watch for Love or Listen to Your Brain on Love. I think both mm. of those were around the time when I was uh, I was um, obsessed laying with, out, yeah. obsessed with uh, <laughs> islands, anchors, and yeah, waves, yeah, yeah. and airplanes and submarines, and yeah. and the the, uh, the stuff I'm talking about that makes it difficult. Primitives and ambassadors, stuff that makes it difficult for us to get along. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I have actually a book club that I, I lead and it's just for therapists. And literally all we do is we read the books that our clients are saying, Hey, I read this really great book. And it started with yours because I kept having Aww. people talk about these anchors, these waves. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? I don't know what this language is. And so we started picking up the books that our clients were reading and that's the entire book club. And so we just keep reading. We're two or three years into it now. I, I simply change the language yeah. of the, the clinical terms because the clinical terms sometimes are a little unfriendly, yeah. like sure. angry resistant. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Who yeah. wants to be angry, resistant? Absolutely. What are you reading, Stan? When you're on vacation, what do you yeah. read? Do you read, for, do you read for pleasure? I don't. Um, He's watching read, TV. Watching? I watch, I, yeah. I swear for great. TV, I watch my great shows, <laughs> yeah. uh, Succession and The Great too. right now I recommend. <laughs> um, but I, I do read, I'm a nerd. I, I read a lot of science articles, journals, um, and, uh, and I'm currently reading papers that people send to me that they want me to read. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm, I'm busy writing um, a revision, uh, the next edition of Wired for Love. Woohoo! Well, that's yeah. wonderful. Um, thank you. That's great. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Thank you both. We have been actually trying to get you on the podcast for several years because you are top, mm -hmm. one of our top um, gentlemen that we just really honor and appreciate and love to follow your work. And it's thank been incredibly you. impactful for the folks that we speak to and also our uh, clients. But So I appreciate you taking the time from your Kauai vacation with your lover to spend time with us. My lover. Your yes. lover. Yes, she is. I, <laughs> uh, and we're living proof. By the way, I do. I do apply this in my life as hard as it is. Yeah. Yeah, it is, but I do. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, well, yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. And uh, for for sure, go enjoy the rest of your vacation. I hope that yes. you're not working too much. Thank you. And I know you're <laughs> traveling, or one of you is traveling right now. So travel safely. Thank you so much. All right, Stan. Go enjoy your afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Before we leave you, Stan, um, what is? Uh, how do people find you? How do we find out more about your work? We got uh, in each other's care, which is on bookshelves now. But what else? Uh, just uh, you can go to uh, the pact pact institute.com and if you're in the mental health field and you want to be trained in a psychobiological approach uh, you can find us there uh, also tracy and i do couples workshops throughout the year online and we do uh, retreats uh, we have one coming up in portugal next year Ooh. So right on. and would they find that. that information on the pact website 
that everything's there. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Now you can officially go and enjoy your vacation. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Pleasure. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. Huge thank you to Stan Tatkin. Uh, we have already had an episode where we talked all about Wired for Love. That is one of his other books. The book that has most recently come out is called In Each Other's Care. And you can find out more about Stan by joining his website, thepactinstitute.com. Um, I'm really excited to learn more about what he and his wife are offering for couples as far as couples workshops. So check that out. Thanks for all of your time and attention making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.